Hey, this is Mike Ayala. I'm all about helping people find financial freedom. And one of the best and fastest ways to grow your wealth and achieve financial freedom is through real estate investing. I know, I've done it, I'm still doing it. Real estate investing is a key component to accelerating my earnings. And I wanna share my knowledge and experience with you through my new real estate accelerator program. This is a one-time only program that puts you in the virtual room with me and an awesome small group of investors with one goal in mind, financial freedom through real estate investments. I'll demystify the complicated world of real estate investing to help you identify money-making opportunities and create profitable new income sources. This course is designed to help guide you to success with clear instruction, direct takeaways, and honest answers to your questions. We'll chart a path to your success in real estate investing together. Anyone from the novice to the seasoned investor can profit from my experience to achieve their investment goals. The nine-week course kicks off this January. Sign up now at earnwithrealestate.com. That's earnwithrealestate.com. Let's do this together. Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Today we have an amazing show because I've got a gentleman on with me who I've had the privilege of getting to know in the last, I would say, four to six months. And this guy's kind of like, I, I've been watching him from a, from afar and he's like this strategic ninja when it comes to relationship building. And uh, in fact, we were just having a conversation off camera about uh, process and I've just been really intrigued. And so, um, you know, watching this guy go from someone who I didn't even know who was interested in GoBundance to um, just diving in and surrounding himself with the guys and really just, um, you know, I was on a call with a buddy that I know the other day and he's like, yeah, I got your good buddy, Brian Lubin coming on the show here in a minute. And I'm like, dude, this guy's a freaking ninja. So anyway, Brian, welcome to the show. And it was international too. Was it Rob? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so it was, it was a, you were on a phone call with a guy in Italy. Yeah, yeah. I'm on a, I'm on a call with this guy and he's in Florence, Italy. And he says, hold on a sec. I've got two minutes, man. Please uh, need two minutes uh, because I have my own show too. And uh, he was like, I'm talking to this guy right now about investments. And I was like, oh, who is it? He goes, uh, uh, Mike, Mike Ayala. I'm like, of course it's Mike. So yeah. we're going international, but I appreciate the kind words and the kind intro, my friend. It means a lot and uh, happy to be your friend. Same, man. I feel the same. And um, I'm really interested in, you know, just diving in with you and and just kind of pulling back the curtain because you're one of those guys that, you know, I think we need to watch. And I started bringing on a guy once a quarter um, that I would say, hey, you know, we're going to check back in once a year. And, and you know, when I first met you, I was thinking, man, this is going to be one of those guys. But actually, I probably should check in with you like every month at the rate you're going right now. So it's exciting to kind of peel back the curtain. So tell me, um, who has had the greatest impact on your life? Greatest impact on my life would be, uh, see, this is how you know that we we just switch swap, we swapped shows. That's how you know, because I knew these four questions would be coming. Uh, the greatest impact on my life, I would say, I'll throw it to a quote. And that quote would be, I'm going to back, I'm going to zoom in to go backwards a little bit. So the greatest impact of my life has been the quote from Jim Rohn that you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. 
because that quote changed my direction and my focus and my intention for my life and every single interaction that I have, because now I guard those five people with my life and every single interaction I have with people of that quality. And you're one of the, you're included in that category, Mike, to where whenever it's someone that it's like, I really want to be involved with. And it's someone that I see that matches my values, where I'm at, where I'm trying to be, I'm a hundred percent in, and it completely dictates how I, how I move and how I act. So I'll say Jim Rohn in that regard. That's crazy. You know, we have kind of a common theme. I won't go into the weeds on this, but one of the reasons why I ended up leaving Nevada was hearing that quote for the first time. And then I started realizing, you know, when I was looking around, I'm like, man, my, my circle is kind of, uh, I, I gotta be careful how I say this, but it's not, I wasn't inspired. Ah. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't really propelling me and, and causing me to grow. And so, um, I went on this journey and I ended up meeting up with the real estate guys and long story short, I ended up meeting and becoming, um, good friends and slash, he was a mentor of mine, uh, Kyle Wilson, who owned Jim Rohn International. He was Jim Rohn's business partner. He was like Jim Rohn's promoter. And so I've had the privilege of getting to know him over the last, uh, I would say six years. And just what a, what a great guy he was. He was the behind the scenes guy, but it's interesting how hearing a quote like that and then realizing what's in your world and then progressing through, and then the people you get to go on and meet, it's just super cool. Exactly. If you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what would that be? Sending an email. One email. Really? And I'm getting it framed out. And the gentleman that that email was to is coming on my show in two days, uh, three days. And that is to David Osborne. I sent David Osborne an email. Um, So as Mike alluded to, I have a knack for getting into rooms that I'm widely underqualified to be in. And I hope to remain that way for the rest of my life, no matter as no matter how I grow. Um, but I heard David on a podcast. So for those that are listening that aren't familiar with the organization Go Abundance, uh, David's one of the founders, and he is uh, very big in business, very big in investing. Type of guy that you don't think that you're really going to get in touch with easily, obviously. So I. Heard him on a bunch of podcasts and I told my family, I said, Hey, you know, I was 24, 25 at the time. I said, I need to get in touch with that guy. And I go, okay, man, that's about the stupidest thing we've ever heard this week. Um, But okay, go off. And I said, all right. And I couldn't find out how to get in touch with him. So I actually sent a booking request off of his website for a speaking engagement for 10,000 people because I figured somebody important on his team would would read that email. And in the body paragraph, I said, hey, I'm young. I'm not entirely sure how I can add value to, but whatever you hate doing the most, I will literally do it for free. If you want me to get in a plane and fly out to Austin, I'm in Atlanta, I'll fly out tonight. Like you tell me what I got to do to earn the right to have lunch with you and to have a conversation with you. And that email got replied to, and I got an invitation to the Breckenridge fall event for GoBundance. And I went in knowing nobody. It was a Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday afternoon. I was on a plane. I canceled work, called out sick, booked a plane, booked the ticket, booked the lodging, rental car. And then I was in Breckenridge that next day. And now my life has been substantially different and changed from that point. So, okay, wait a second. So did you actually have to do some stuff for David that he didn't like doing, or they just saw your drive and said, come on out? 
Well, my, uh, me and Matt King, Matt, Matt's kind of his right hand guy. And we yep. talked, we talked for a little bit and he's like, how serious are you about this? Cause they always kind of do a stress test. And um, for anyone listening, that's kind of a recurring theme as people go up and I'm sure Mike's kind of included uh, whenever you have a mentor, they'll probably stress test you in some way or capacity to be sure that you're actually going to receive both receive the advice that they gave you and then also follow back up with them to let them know that you received it. So that was the stress test. Uh, we had a conversation and Matt was just kind of jokingly like, Hey, you know what? If you're serious about this, see you, see you Wednesday, see you Thursday. Wow. And I was on Tuesday. That's crazy. And I was like, I'm very serious, my friend. And then, um, then that Thursday I had a tea time with David Osborne. Wow. That's wild. Did we meet at that event? We didn't meet then. No, we met in Steam. I heard you speak. I heard you speak on stage. I'm trying to remember what it was about because you, it was so, it was so good. And it's, it's irritating me that it's escaping me right now. But, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I was, I was probably talking about, uh, making sure that when youngsters come into your world, that they take you golfing. Yes, absolutely. No, <laughs> <Key to> success. <laughs> I love but yeah, so that has been the most profound thing. Um, because everyone told me how stupid I was to do that. Wow. Every, wow. I can't, I can maybe name on one hand, how many people told me that that was a worthy pursuit. And that's something that anybody listening to this can apply is, uh, just take the shot. You know, Mark Henteman, uh, he's one of the founders, uh, one of the co-writers, a family guy, and he's a go bro. And I'm sure, I'm sure you know, Mark. Yeah. And, uh, he, when he was getting started, he sent a letter um, just a snail mail to one of the biggest talent agencies that you could have in New York. And there was no way that that was going to work. And then it ended up spawning a career that led him to Letterman late night and then family guy. And now his life that he has today. So, so you're always one action away from the life of your dreams. Yeah. Always. So good, man. I love it. What was your greatest setback and what'd you learn from it? Greatest setback was getting everything I ever wanted. So I'll just let it simmer. I'll just, I'll just be quiet there and just let it simmer for dramatic effect. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I'm, I was in B2B sales. I'm in B2B sales um, at a pretty high level for fortune 500 company right now. And I, that was my identity. That's what I was tied to. I came out of college and I got a, you know, quote unquote, big boy job, big boy, corporate job. You put on a suit and a tie and you go do big stuff. And I succeeded uh, very early and quickly in that regard. And I got up to the top of the company and I knocked everything out, blood, sweat, and tears. If anyone in here is in a sales position or uh, that profession or real estate, you understand what it takes to be the top guy, the top of the top of the top. And I got everything I ever wanted. I hit all the projections. I hit the top 1% of the company. I got all the awards that you could get. And then the next, and then I got a PowerPoint slide. They're like, hey, we decided we're canceling the annual trip. We're going to give you a PowerPoint slide. By the way, your team is behind on projections. I was like, oh. And that was when the, um, the waking up from the matrix moment happened. And I realized that you are very, very disposable as an employee. And that no matter how much you pour your blood, sweat, and tears into something, you might as well pour it into your own thing. Because if you're going to put that much effort and energy into somebody else's pursuit, then you're probably going to end up um, in the shallow end of the pool. 
That's crazy. So you were like killing it at the top, but your team was lagging. And so, yeah. So, you know, as a, uh, as a, it's an individual sport, but it's also a team sport at the same time. Yep. So at that point, that's when I fell out of love with it. Um, and now I am planning to exit that within the next couple of months per my conversation I had with you. Do my own thing completely. I'm done with W2 now, um, just wrapping things up. And then my goal right now is to be in Mykonos, Greece, July 1st, 2022. I want to live there for a month, work remote, and then start uh, half of my world tour. That's awesome. So from the time yep. that you had this uh, matrix moment, when, when was that? Twenty uh, Last year, 2020. Jeez. And so you're yep. fast forwarding. What did you have to... I, I'm just so curious because this happened so fast. Like you're you're done in 90 days, 120 days, whatever, and you've got this plan to go to Mykonos and live your life what things did you have to shift and adjust? I'm curious about Every, the process. Everything. Um, so, and this could be something that's very applicable for you listening because it's a huge struggle that I had and have. And I think it's one of the single most uh, detrimental factors that keep people from both doing what they want to go do from a leisure perspective and especially traveling outside of children we all have this fear as entrepreneurs that we are going to go backwards. And if we take time for ourselves to re, regen, like rejuvenate, regenerate, revive ourselves, that we're going to be one step behind of the competition. Hmm. And so that was my limiting belief. So I had this notion that once I had X amount of doors, X amount of passive income, my idea was once I have 25,000 in passive income, I could be able to comfortably go and travel around and do what I want. And so that was, you know, a five-year plan originally to do that. And that was the pursuit that I was on. And then I sat next to a gentleman and in life, all any interaction has the potential to change your life. Any action and interaction has the potential to change your life and the entire trajectory. That's why it's very important to get into rooms with people that have this ability to change your life and have these conversations with you. Cause I was at Tony Robbins, uh, UPW unleash the power within and a gentleman was sitting next to me and he had four successful exits from companies that he had built. So he had been retired four times over and I was telling him my story and he said, man, that's so awesome. But can I offer you a step above what you're trying to do with the passive income? And I said, what do you mean a step above? And he goes, I'll, I'll raise you passive income and I'll, I'll take that. And I'll raise you passionate source of income that you love. Mm. And I, it completely took me back and I was like, wow, okay. Uh, let's, you know, reinvent the wheel here because let's throw out this playbook and try something completely different. And so while corporate sales is not my thing, I am passionate about sales and I'm a passionate about certain causes and memberships and groups like abundance. And from that day, literally a month ago, I was like, okay, let's figure out what this would look like. And from that conversation, I've had three to four sources of remote scalable pat, like uh, passionate sources of income materialized that will pay me probably three to five times what my W2 will pay me. So 
now that's my pursuit and I'm just wrapping up loose ends at my job. And then I'm going to come up with a vivid vision and a plan. And that is it. And I want to be in Greece. I want to be in Europe and finish up in Brazil and use geographic arbitrage to make five times the money. Yeah, that's so good, man. A lot. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. And when you look at that timeline too, I love how you said, you know, you had this five-year plan and you condensed it down into, again, I don't, I mean, 2020 to now. So even if it was, even if it's a one-year plan, like that's insane. I was on another GoBros podcast this morning and he was asking me about, um, uh, you know, things that I wish I knew. And I want to share this because um, just listening to your story and, and, and watching this, I'm super inspired by it. The passionate income, um, that whole mm-hmm. conversation and seeing you just grab it. And, you know, the thing that I said, I wish I knew. Um, and even though I was told a hundred times, if not a thousand, um, my, my youngest daughter, uh, well, my youngest child, she's my only daughter. Um, she turns 18 on Saturday and, you know, I'm just in this weird spot where I'm like, you know, how many times did I hear people say, you know, enjoy every minute you'd hear the old guy like, Hey, that, you know, your daughter's such a cute, just, (laughs) just enjoy it. And I'm like, I'm just having such this epiphany and it's been, it's been coming, man. It's going to hit me like a ton of bricks. I know it is, but, um, you know, just enjoying every day and it's not just about the kids. Right. But I'm getting this epiphany right now because my oldest is 21 Um, my middle son's 19, my daughter's going to be 18 on Saturday. And when I was talking with Jonathan this morning, he's like, you know, and so, so what would you do? And I'm like, or what would you do different? Or, and it's not that I didn't, you know, the whole investing for freedom, the whole reason why I started this show, um, really the reason why we found everything we did from an early age is because we had children at an early age. And I just wanted to make sure that I was that dad that was there and enjoyed every minute. And I, I think we, I think we did, um, but I don't think it's ever going to be enough, man. You know, I heard Brian Tracy say years ago um, that he never heard somebody say on their deathbed, I wish I would have spent more time at work or I wish yep. I would have spent time less time with my children. And it's just, so, it's so fresh to me right now, even the, the passionate income part of it, because, you know, getting really clear on what you want is the most important part because there's always going to be, you're, you're always going to raise that, you know, horizontal income number. You're always going to raise that vertical income number. I love what you said about like, we don't go backwards. I've never made less this year than I did last year. It's just always, that's always going to be part of it. But the question that Jonathan asked me, he's like, what would be your practical advice? And I've, I've been thinking about this a lot and it's just remaining present. And when you talk about being in Mykonos, um, Mm -hmm it's really easy to get in those scenarios and build something that we think we want and then yet continue to look to the future when you're already dream, like living your dream life from a year ago. Right. And so I think just yeah. slowing down um, and enjoying every minute is kind of that season that I'm really trying to anchor into and man, what an impactful story. And it's so inspiring already just um, hearing you. Cause a year ago you were like talking about your five-year plan and you've hit it or you're close to it. Yeah. And it, and it's wild. And what you just said there actually takes it, um, way deeper because the reason I do all of this isn't to go jet set around the world and have really cool Instagram pictures. Like that's cool. They can take the pictures and everything. But when I was growing up, my father was stressed and he did. Well, first off, he didn't want to be a father, so that's okay. I've forgiven him. We've done the work that we need to do. We're not close to this day, but I've forgiven him because that that's an unnecessary burden that and a weight that I have that's not affecting anybody but myself. Mm-hmm. He was never around 
he would work, work, work as an air traffic controller. When he came home, he had to, we weren't allowed to talk to my father from when I was young. I wasn't allowed to talk to my father because when he came home, he was so stressed out that he would snap at the family. Mm. So mom trained us to not talk to dad. When he comes home, he needs to go either in the garage and work on his car or go downstairs and go to the gym. And I had such a limited interaction with my father that that carried through my entire life. And that was one of the detrimental and like one of the major impacts of a young child is not growing up with a father, especially when they're there physically, just not emotionally. Yeah. And so that's why, if you want to ask me my why, it's that, because I want, I blamed him for years, but then I came to the realization that that was serving nobody. And also his father was like that to him and his father's father was like that to him and his father's father's father was like that to him. And he didn't know how to show love because he had never received love. And so for me, I'm like, screw that. When I have my kids and we're planning to have kids probably the next three to five years, you know, just turned 27 last week. So um, kind of buffering it out a bit. We'll see what happens. But uh, I found my soulmate and I want to have such a financial bedrock that nobody is going to tell me that I can't go to my son's basketball practice or go to my daughter's ballet recital or that I can't be somewhere or do something with my kids and my family, because I'm going to be the person that breaks that generational cycle of absentee fathers, because I'm going to be a very present father to the point where generations down the road, it's going to be impacted to that point that the change that I made today and here. So money is a tool to accomplish that. And if I could travel in the meantime, as a, as a plus, that's just a cherry on top. Yeah. I love it so much, man. I heard something there about, you know, you're going to have kids in three to five years. Well, um, I saw what you did with your last five-year plan. So I, I just want to throw it out. Oh Lord. Yeah. We'll see we'll whenever see. it's, whenever it's the time, it's the time. Yeah. Maybe you'll name it Mykonos. I'm naming a Mike. <laughs> I like it. What is the yeah. piece of advice you find yourself sharing the most? Piece of advice I find myself sharing the most. I would say God, I really don't want to repeat myself with the Jim Rohn quote, but I would say getting getting into rooms with people that are doing either interested in the stuff that you're interested in or they're at a level above you. Like getting into the right rooms with the right people, I think is the advice that I would give anybody. And I'm sure you get people pissed off on your podcast too, when they listen and they're like, wait, hold on a second. This person that you had on has $60,000 a month in passive income. And you didn't tell me how to get 60,000 a month in passive income. You didn't tell me with the mailers to send out and the dimensions of the mailboxes I was supposed to fit them in or the ballpoint pen I was supposed to use. I'm like, it's mindset. It's, mm-hmm. it's who, not how. Yeah. So find, find your who and the how will materialize. And I've, uh, I've been around enough who's now to finally realize that. So thankfully quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So what, tell me like, how does your brain work? Because you had this like five-year plan and you just condensed it. Like I, I just love, well, even so 
you and I had connected on social media a little bit here and there. And, mm-hmm. and you're so, you're, you're so strategic. And I always like unpacking this, um, cause sometimes people don't think about it, but then some people are very methodical around it. And so obviously you'd been following me, you know, I love to golf and you're like, Hey Mike, I got a tea time. Do you want to go golfing and steamboat? And I'm like, um, yeah, like mm-hmm. spoke my language. Do you, are you very strategic on who you're connecting with? Or are you just always throwing things out there? And, Surgically. Yeah. Surgically. Um, I kind of go by the Jordan Harbinger method, not to the degree that he does, because it's something that I'm so kind of naturally wired for, um, for people listening. Jordan Harbinger is a podcast host and he's an entrepreneur himself. And he has this, uh, strategy that's called add five, connect five. So he wants to add five people to his network each day, connect with five people. And that means, uh, friends, personal, just whatever. Like, so he goes to the bottom of his iMessage thread every morning and finds the five conversations at the bottom of the thread and uh, shoots them a message just to re-engage, just to keep in touch with everyone. And while I probably cannot tell all of you how to become a nine figure millionaire, what I can help people with is connection because I've realized that that's my superpower and that's what I'm fully leaning into and forward into um, is connection. So when it comes to what you just said, Mike, it's, uh, exactly right. I am working on how to articulate it, but it's, it's one of my favorite things that I do is connecting with people and figuring out how I can best bring value to every interaction that I'm in and how to meet people where they're at and talk to everyone in a manner both through like physical body language, tone, tonality, if someone's super animated or if someone's super chill, figuring out how to meet them where they're at so that you can provide the most value to them and communicate in the way that best works with them. And it gets really weird at times because for some reason there's my brain just decides to memorize things about people. I don't know why it just is that way. Because it's like, even with um, Aaron Amuchastegui, like his wife, Kalina does like that special school, right? Yeah. Like she does. I don't know why I remember that, but for some reason, when I met Aaron, I was able to be like, Hey, Kalina does that school. How's that going? And he's like, who is this dude? (laughs) And the same with you. I was like, Oh, Mike knows how to, Mike likes golf. And what Mike doesn't know is I had literally four tea times booked. And I was like, I'm going to find people to go golf with me because I love golfing. I'm going to find people to go golf with me. And if I can't get anyone for this tea time, I'm going to cancel it. I'm going to go to another tea time. Smart. And so I called about a month prior <laughs> to get that book. And Mike was thankfully the first three people I reached out to were all like, yeah, let's go. And Mike was one of them. <laughs> you know, what's really funny is it's, it's weird the way that, and I, I have a, I have a backup question to this once I say this, but it's weird the way that life works too, when you just lean into it, because I, I just put this together too, but Jonathan Graham, I was recording on his podcast this morning. Oh my God. Are you yeah. serious? I didn't even put any of oh, this the guy together. We golf with? Yeah. And you know, what's so <laughs> funny is Jonathan, Jonathan had been trying to reach out and wanted me to go golfing. And I had originally said yes to him, but then I realized that I had booked something, uh, I don't know, on the day that he wanted to go golfing. And I was like, bro, I'm so sorry. I can't golf. I've got something else going on. And then I show up at the golf course and Jonathan, Jonathan was with you. And so it was like, it's <laughs> kind of interesting the way that that had all worked out, but then, yeah. And so I don't, here's my follow-up question. 
Um, I've had so many people that, you know, I, I, this is where I'm thinking about it originally. I remember going to a Franklin Covey symposium in the year, it was 2000. And the, it was a what matters most symposium. And they were talking about, you know, what matters most obviously. And, and Franklin Covey was one of the, you know, the pioneers of uh, modern time management. And I remember, mm-hmm. I remember somebody talking about, you know, just, uh, blocking out your calendar. This is before we had, you know, iPhones and everything else. And they're like pencil in pencil in time for your kids. And I remember somebody mm-hmm. saying, you know, if I have to pencil in time for my kids, then that just is not important or whatever. And I remember thinking that's so shallow minded because we get mm-hmm. so busy and everything else that like it, I took away something huge. I'm like, whatever is your priority, like pencil that in first, right? Karen, I do that with vacations every year. Um, I was fine doing it with children, but here's my question for you. Uh, I've had so many people that have said to me or that I've heard say things that are kind of in line, like with somebody like you, you go to the bottom of the phone and you, you take, and you're just doing this intentional connection. And I've heard so many people say, you know, I would rather have quality relationships than quantity or nobody, <laughs> nobody can manage that many relationships. And I just think it's so shallow minded. I'll, I'll, but I'll leave it at that. What, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, they, uh, they want, uh, quality instead of quantity. I'm like, okay, well then all you're thinking about is how people can best serve you. Mm. That's how you're defining quality because my life drastically changed when I changed my focus from how can people best serve me to how can I best serve others? If you give enough people what they want, you'll get anything that you want. I think that was Brian Tracy. Yep. And so a strategy that I use and it's like, this is all, and I'm still in process of articulation on all of this. Um, but for me, it's like, for, we'll use you as an example, Mike. So it's, you're, you're worth significantly more than I am on paper. That, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm happy for you. You're one of my dear friends and mentors, and I appreciate everything that you do. But that doesn't matter to me that much because I come at you as a man first, and as a friend. And then business works itself out in the back end. Yeah. And I think it's flip-flopped for a lot of other interactions. And then that's why they don't work. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. No, it makes total sense. And people come in with the alternative in mind where they're like, oh my God, Mike's got this podcast and he's doing all this stuff in business. And I'm in business and I want him to mentor me and coach me. But they're just like, hey, you know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Here's to hear your thoughts on this, because yeah. you're on the receiving end. Well. I I think it's an interesting conversation and that's why I brought it up too, because you're so strategic. Um, But here's how I think about it. And I love the Zig Ziglar quote that you brought up. It's my favorite quote in the world. Like literally you can have everything you want in life. If you help enough other people get what they want. Right. Um, So on this, and this is why I wanted to dig on this too. And I kind of framed it a little bit to, to begin with, to give you my perspective. I didn't want to pigeonhole you into, um, Oh no, you're not, you're not never, never, never can't happen. So here's, here's my thought on, I remember, and Karen, I've said this so many times, like even, you know, just back to the same thing. I had the same, my dad shithead gone, you know, we had a lot of the same upbringing, just different. And I thought it was interesting what you said about, it might be even worse to have a dad there. That's because my dad was gone for the most part. Um, but having someone there that's emotionally unavailable, that would be challenging. So kudos to you. Yeah, you, you start asking yourself like, I didn't think about it in the beginning, but as an adult, I'm now like, 
but it also created who I am. Maybe I wouldn't have this hunger for overachievement and success if I didn't have to have this overachievement and success to get my dad's attention when I was young. Yeah. Cause he calls me one time a year. He calls me on my birthday every year and every year I find myself kind of looking forward to it because mm-hmm. I get to give him a synopsis of my entire year's worth of accomplishments. And then he's like, wow, whoa, whoa, you're doing all that. And then doesn't talk to me for another fucking year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, hey. Yeah. Well, and I'm just thinking about, um, you know, when Karen and I first got married, we, on, on the same thing, it was because of my upbringing and um, not having a present family and her family was very present. But the thing that I've often said is we decided that we were going to make memories over possessions. And then mm. I quickly realized like you can have both. It's not an either, or, you know, it's not like you can either have abundance and travel and money and business, or you can have your kids, but mm-hmm. there's like this, um, I guess, belief that was somewhat ingrained in me and I quickly tore it down, but I think it's the same thing with relationships. So I think a lot of people think in their mind when they hear somebody like you, that's just really good at connecting and building authentic relationships. I mean, you and I don't spend a lot of time on the phone, but when we get on the phone, it's like, we're, we're right back where we left off. And the thing that I was literally this. Yeah. And I would literally just challenge anyone in the audience that's thinking that way. Um, you know, I don't want more relationships. I want deeper, better. Well, that's fine. But I think sometimes around, like I've got relationships in my life that I'm thinking of a certain person who ended up joining our couples mastermind this year. His name's Mike um, and his wife. I hadn't seen him. I'd talked maybe a couple times to him on Facebook. I hadn't seen him since probably 2005, maybe. And then we went to Arizona for spring break in 2016. And I just happened to message him and say, hey, I'm in Arizona 11 years later. And we had lunch. And it was like, we had never missed a beat because we had authentic connection. And I don't mm-hmm. care if I only talk to you for five minutes or 15 minutes, and it's only once every six months when it's authentic connection, it doesn't have to be every single day. It just has to be authentic when we're together. And the fact no that time. you can, yeah, the fact that you can remember, you know, Aaron's wife and what she's doing, it's because when you're present, you're present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I don't even know Aaron that much. I just heard him on a podcast. I was super interested in it. (laughs) So it's wild, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're completely spot on and, uh, God, you're, I think everyone is literally just one. I, I love information and I love books, but God, I think you're, you're really always at any point, just one relationship away from being exactly who you want to be and getting exactly where you want to go. Because the reason I was able to accomplish all that I wanted to in the five-year vision down to the one year was, you know, through interactions with people like you, Mike, and through Jason, my coach, Jason Dries, and him being like, okay, what does that look like? And a random guy that I met at Tony Robbins and just a combination of all these different people. And it's just such a beautiful time. It's a beautiful experience. And you and I have had this conversation before where we talk about not wanting to share our own wins because we don't want to come across in the wrong way to anyone listening to you listening, but there's value in our wins. And Mike is the one calling you out, Mike. He's the one that told me to 
start a podcast. Cause I said, until I have a hundred doors, who cares what I have to say? And then Mike said, that's the most selfish thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I said, how is that selfish, Mike? Please tell me how that is selfish. And he goes, because you're thinking about it in your context. Yeah. He's like, but really you have information that you could be spreading with everyone. And now you're literally short ending them because of how you feel. Yeah. And so that led me to creating my podcast, which is now one of my sole passions. It's literally my one thing. The thing I'm most passionate about in my entire life to the point where I outsourced the editing of the show. And I was like, no, this isn't good enough to where I wanted to bring it back in because I'm at the phase in my life right now where that's okay for me. I can take that on. And yeah, that's because of you. One question, one interaction, because I sent him one message on Instagram to come golfing with me. That was one phone call. So that's four actions that I took that led to me finding the passion of my life four things. So you're literally four things away from finding whatever you want to do or accomplishing anything. I'll I'll be honest. I'm a little nervous to launch this show because I feel like my inbox is going to get blown up with golf invites. Oh God. Just change the email, man. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. You're screwed. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I want to go back to something you said, and then we'll, we'll kind of button it up. So you were talking about how many people told you it was a dumb idea, um, to reach out to David Osborne. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was sitting here thinking, like, what was the downside? That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. What? You, he doesn't reply? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You get- That's how I feel. Everyone else, we as a society are so conditioned to view things in such a pessimistic lens. It's so odd. But it's like with all of this, you know, I'm a real estate investor. I'm starting up all these side hustles. I've got all these like little businesses that are starting to go on and I'm about to leave a high salaried, high paying W2 to go do commission only jobs for a couple people that I really care about. You know, GoBundance is one of them. Jason Drees is probably going to be another. And And another one is with my buddies. And so like, there's risk associated with that. I'm giving up a base salary. I'm giving up benefits. I'm giving up stuff like that. But it's like, you have a chance of failing either way. So might as well fail at doing something that you love. And what's the worst case scenario? We go get a job. Yeah, exactly. Like that's it. That's the worst case scenario. If I go bankrupt and all my cash flowing rental properties that I bought the right way, and all these businesses that are playing long-term games with long-term people that I provide value and they provide value to me. If you're telling me that there's a 0.000001% chance that that all screws up and that me being in the community with all of you, Mike, and y'all will allow me to fail. And you say that the worst case scenario is I go get a high paying job. Yeah. Dude, I'm swinging for the fences yeah. all day. Yeah. Like a three, two count in the batter's box. Like you're going for the home run. Totally. And I found myself having this conversation so many times lately too. I mean, I love the way you, that you, you know, what's the worst case scenario you go have to go find. And I mean, what you're at, already doing, you're, you're already there. You're already living your own hell. Like it's so crazy. It's like you, time. just like you move into Austin. What's the worst case scenario. You move back to Arizona. Yeah. And maybe find a house downtown Scottsdale instead. No, I'm just kidding. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Ooh, I like it. Um, <laughs> I, I love, I love the reframing of that. And, you know, I said this earlier, but 
I've never gone backwards. And I, there was something that popped in my head too. We, um, I, when you said benefits, I've never thought about this, but how many people are, you know, keep the, the golden handcuffs off because of benefits. And when you said that, I, what popped in my head is counterfeits, not benefits. Like this is a counterfeit. <clears throat> so many people, how much are benefits? Like vested, uh, I raise you that vested stock options. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. There you right? go. Yeah, totally. Um, three years. So dude, I'm so inspired. Um, it's been fun watching you and, um, let's see, let me grab one of, let me, let me grab one of these, uh, freedom questions. It's funny. Cause I have these little questions that, uh, but as I was looking through them earlier, like you've already answered, um, most of them here's, <laughs> here's one, here's one that I'll ask you. Um, what freedom do you protect more than others above all others? You've never heard that mm -hmm. one. Have you? That's a new one that I haven't asked a guest. Well, you know what I'm going to answer, but I'm trying to make it more trying to spice it up because time freedom is the answer that I would give but that's a little bland. We have to spice it up. I yeah, feel like you don't have to because I think we can leave it at time freedom because at the end of the day, I want to work my ass off. I want to, um, I was listening to a episode of uh, millionaire Mindcast this morning with Matt Atchison who's mm -hmm. one of our buddies, both of us. And he was talking about asking the question, what is it going to take for me to accomplish my goal? What am I willing to give up? What am I willing to do? And that's a question I love having the luxury of asking yeah. because I have the option to pursue what I want to pursue. Yeah. And if I have someone over me that's telling me what to do and the PTO is the thing, like if you're upset about benefits, you should be equally as pissed off about PTO. Mm. They're telling you that you only have two weeks in a year, two weeks out of 52 weeks that you're allowed to go do things. Yep. I'll tell you, I, to wrap things up, I went to Italy. Nobody wanted to go to Italy with me, but I wanted to go to Italy. So I went to Italy long story short. And I was, um, I was in Rome and I was at the Vatican. I went and saw the Sistine Chapel and nobody wanted to go with me. It's so weird in hindsight, thinking about that, about how nobody wanted to go see the Sistine Chapel, but me. And there's a staircase. When you exit the Sistine Chapel, you go to the right and there's a staircase. That's this really shoulder width, very narrow stone staircase that spirals up. And you have to climb that thing for like, 25 minutes, probably. It's very uncomfortable to get to the top. And then you're at the top of the Basilica de San Pietro or whatever, St. Peter's Basilica. And then you've got this beautiful, breathtaking view of all of Rome, Italy. And as I was the staircase, there's rest areas around the staircase for people to sit, rest, and then turn around because they're not unable to climb the staircase. And I would watch a lot of people that were overweight that couldn't climb the staircase. And I could watch a lot of people that were, you know, that they had done it. Mm -hmm. They had lived the American dream. They had lived their entire lives, worked, retired. And now it was finally time to have fun. And they were probably in their seventies, eighties, and they were trying to climb the staircase. They couldn't physically. Mm -hmm. 
Now turn around and go down. And I thought about every single one of their faces when I was climbing up to the top. And I said, this is never going to be me because I am going to enjoy the ride all the way through. Yeah. Always going to enjoy it. And will that delay my financial goals? Sometimes if, uh, if instead I could, the alternative would be just eating beans and rice and staying in on the weekends and not traveling and buying, living in a basement of a house hack like I do now. Like, yeah, I could be worth probably tens of millions more than I will be. But, you know, if I had all the money in the world, what would I do? Yep. What I'm doing right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love that, man. And that's why, um, you know, I think keeping the, the big reason behind, you know, what you do. Cause again, horizontal income is great. Vertical income is great. But at the end of the day, like life by design, um, mm-hmm. that that's, that's the most important thing to me. You had a quote, Mike, you told me a quote or maybe it was on your Facebook. See how my mind works. It's so weird. Um, you said something about vacations. You had a quote about vacations and you said something about how they recharge you. There was a quote that you had behind it. I said, uh, I call it, I call them recreations because I'm not wanting to vacate my life. I don't want to build a life that I have to vacate from. He calls them recreations. See, and you posted that like a year ago. I remember it. I don't know why I remember it, but I remember it. Just the word (laughs) vacation is like, you're vacating something, right? You're taking a vacation from your life. And God, that sounds so sad to me. Yep. And then uh, to answer Matt's question of what do you want to do? What are you willing to give up? That's another important question that a lot of people don't ask themselves. What are you willing to give up to achieve what you want to do in that season? And for right now, weekends are coming and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to drink. I'm not really going out. I'm saying all of this, you completely talking out of my ass people because I'm about to spend three weeks in Brazil. <laughs> Literally next week, I'm flying to Brazil and I'm going to go here. Bear with me, Mike. I'm going to freaking um, Sao Paulo. I'm going to see my girlfriend's family in Belo Horizonte. And then I'm flying to Rio de Janeiro, staying on Copacabana Beach. And I'm going to see the freaking fireworks in Rio for New Year's nice. because I want to. Yep. And that. what is my job going to do? They're going to fire me. Okay. Fire me. Yeah. Give me an extra couple of weeks, man. Accelerate the path. <laughs> Accelerate it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, this has been truly inspiring, man. So where can people, I know I'm going to be recording. We actually just in full transparency, we were supposed to be oh, recording uh, Brian's podcast right now, but we got it messed up. So I'm going to be on Brian's podcast here shortly. Where can people find you? So for me, the greatest, uh, the greatest value you can give me is following my podcast action Academy podcast. Mike Ayala here is one of the inspirations behind it. I have access to so many cool freaking people, Mike included to where I spent the last two years, just pouring value, pouring value. And now like who was I to receive the value that I'm receiving back in the form of everyone wanting to come on my show. So now it's the something like you could probably hear it in my voice is what I'm most excited about. Would love to have y'all follow action Academy podcasts on Instagram. If you want to follow me, eh, it's Brian Lubin, L U E B B E N very unfortunate last name, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and, and because I know my audience is going to love you so much and they're going to love your podcast. If you rate and review his podcast, please make sure you've rated and reviewed mine. Double rate. If you want <laughs> say, if you are really serious about golfing with Mike, 
and seeing this man, seeing this man <laughs> operate a course, especially walking. We walked eight. Though, I think if you were to probably send him a screenshot of a rating and a review on his show and mine, that would probably be a little bit cutting through the weeds. Can't <laughs> like guarantee it. anything. No guarantee. I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, it's been truly a pleasure, man. You're an inspiration, um, not only to me, but I know everybody around you. And so um, appreciate you coming on and sharing your truth and your love for life, man. It's a, it's apparent. So appreciate you. I appreciate you, Mike. I appreciate your friendship dearly. Um, the only reason I'm able to swing for the fences is I know that being around you and others like you, it is literally impossible for me to fail because it's just not in the cards. It's just, it's insane. And there's no book, there's no webinar, there's no seminar, there's no Zoom call that can replace that. And that's why you should go and get as many authentic relationships that you can after the show. Well said, and we are out. See ya. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.